Hey there, we're back in with another edition of the Nation's College Basketball Show and Podcast. I am TJ Reeves. It is college basketball coast to coast. Thank you for finding us, however you did so, either through a social media link, promotion through blogging, thebracket.com, the SB Nation site. We've got uh, the purveyor of that site, the man that loves to blog the bracket. Chris Dobertine will be here uh, to talk uh, who's in, who's out of the defending national champs, Virginia, potentially out. Where does Chris have them? How about Georgetown? How about Cincinnati? How many teams in the Pac-12 are getting in? Chris is going to talk about all of those things coming up straight ahead on the show. So however you found this show, uh, thank you for doing so. Reminder, you can subscribe. It comes to you automatically whenever there's a new one. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe to College Basketball Coast to Coast, and this podcast will come automatically to you. Uh, typically on Tuesdays you get a brand new one, and we're going to start doing ones later in the week because the best month of the year is about to be here. It'll be championship week. Do you realize we are less than four weeks from championship week? Do you realize that we are now just four and a half weeks from selection Sunday night? And the automatic bids will go out, and then the field of 68 will be finalized with 36 at-large teams, and we'll go to eight sites Actually, uh, Dayton first for eight teams and then go to eight sites for the 2020 NCAA tournament that will culminate with the final four in Atlanta. So, again, subscribe. The podcast will come automatically to you. You're going to get it at least once a week, if not twice a week here moving forward and much more with live shows and uh, and much more, including this podcast. It's College Basketball Coast to Coast. You can always follow us uh, via Twitter on social media at CBB Coast to Coast, the number two, CBB Coast, the number two coast. Uh, follow us there. Keep track of the show, et cetera, et cetera. Also on the show today, Mark Wise. Love the analyst. Uh, who does a great job on the ESPN family of networks. Mark's been with me via, via Sirius XM Radio, Fox Sports Radio. Tune in and right here on this show and on this podcast uh, as well. He's working doubleheader SEC action, both games involving Mississippi State this week. Midweek Mississippi State and South Carolina in Starkville. And then Mississippi State and Texas A&M on the weekend for the SEC bubble. So a, a two-step in the Southeastern Conference for Mark Wise. He'll be here to talk about the conference and about those things. I also want to ask him uh, about Dayton and San Diego State and Gonzaga, the lesser, the non-power conference uh, schools. And obviously, Gonzaga has built themselves into a power-type program, but clearly playing in the West Coast Conference, not the same as the Big Ten or the ACC or one of the top echelon ones like the Big East. But still, I want to talk to him about those three schools. Who's got the best chance to do damage in the NCAA tournament between Dayton and Gonzaga and also San Diego State? And I'll get some thoughts on Roy Williams as well uh, from uh, Mark Wise after North Carolina suffers another crushing loss. You know, it is interesting whether you talk about karma, what goes around, comes around. I mean, Roy Roy Williams was bad-mouthing his own team back in January about not being talented enough, uh, what did he say? He kept saying gifted enough. We're just not gifted enough uh, to get away with this, to, to get away with that. And, and now they are losing in one heartbreaking fashion after another, which, uh, you know, for those that hate the Tar Heels, they're reveling in this right now. We'll talk more about that with Mark and about Roy Williams' long-term future. I keep asking the question. You look at him physically, and when you watch him, when you watched him Monday night after that latest loss to Notre Dame, Does he look like a guy that is still going to be coaching in 2022 or 2024? How much longer does he want to do it? Yes, I understand the one argument that these coaches coach on forever. 
uh, until they fall over or until they get fired and can't get another job. But uh, to me, uh, Roy's got a Hall of Fame uh, career, has had a Hall of Fame career, has got national championships now on the resume. The knock for so long was he couldn't win the big one, couldn't win the championship. Well, that's happened. How much longer do you want to do this? He looks beat down to me. I'll ask Mark Wise about that, get his opinion on that uh, as well. So again, uh, look forward to the guests. Chris Dobertine will be up first. Mark Wise will be up in a little bit. Uh, And again, uh, we always love having you, the fans, uh, listen in here on everything that's going on. Won't be long now till we get to championship week and everything sorts out with Selection Sunday. We're here to prime you for it, to preview it, and to look ahead. And it's a week that's got some very interesting games, as we'll be talking about uh, here with some of our guests. Let's get to it here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Leading off this time on the midweek edition here of College Basketball Coast to Coast in the preview mode, he is blogging the bracket, bloggingthebracket.com. He's Chris Dobertine back from uh, the SB Nation uh, family of sites and the college basketball coverage. Good to be back with you. It's getting really good. It's a little maddening because you're you're constantly having to update what are your what are your bracket projections looking like today? What do they look like tonight? What do they look like tomorrow morning? By lunchtime, they could be bad. Uh, Chris, how are things? <laughs> well, thankfully, we're not at the point where at lunchtime they're going to be bad. We, we'll get there in a couple of weeks. We're not there yet. <laughs> but uh, but it's been a little hectic. Um, outside of the top line, things have been very uh, very much in flux. All right. And so you, you have alluded to this to me that uh, in your most recent postings, and again, we encourage everybody to check it out, bloggingthebracket.com. You're pretty. You're pretty good. Top half of your bracket, which I would, I would say is what one through four or five seeds, and then after that, or maybe it's a little longer. After that, you, you've really got a jumbled mess, is what you're telling me. Well, or really, you know, even going to a more granular level, the top, the four number one seeds, and really the top two number two seeds, and you can make it, even make an argument for Maryland at this point as the third number two seed, are really pretty much they, they're pretty much set in stone. After that. You get a little bit of a mess between, you know, lines three and five, and then another mess between lines six and nine. And then you have a naturally that mess the cut line. So right now it feels like, you know, Baylor, Kansas, Gonzaga, San Diego State, they have really locked down those four number one spots, and it's going to be really hard to push them off. Duke and Dayton are right behind them, and then you have Maryland making a late push, and, and I think that's the team you got to keep an eye out for just because they play Northwestern on Tuesday night. That's not really a worry. That's not a quality win. But their remaining five games after that are all quad one win opportunities. That's good for them. Not good for the Louisville Cardinals. Now, you know this about me. I'm a Memphis guy. Uh, and so I, I have very little love, patience, or understanding <laughs> yeah. for anything Louisville as it is. Uh, they took it on the chin, uh, maybe took it in the crotch, uh, took it over the head with a two-by-four whatever last week against uh, both uh, Georgia Tech and Clemson. The Clemson loss, not as bad as the Georgia Tech loss. That's me saying that. But it's two losses. Uh, look, they are safely in the tournament. But what what is going on with Louisville? They're standing uh, t- tell me more from your standpoint, Chris. Well, they were a number two seed last week. Now they're down on the three line. And the only thing that really kind of keeps them there is the fact that a whole bunch of other teams on that three line, West Virginia lost two games, Seton Hall lost two games. They didn't drop any further than that. Um, they have a very challenging game coming up on Wednesday night. They welcome Syracuse. Syracuse played Florida State, who's now on the two line, replacing Louisville for the record. Um, very close. Um, Syracuse desperately needs a, a quality win to kind of get itself back on track, even though I don't think a win over Louisville is going to be enough. 
But that's going to be a major challenge for, for the Cardinals right now since they're just not playing their best basketball of the season. Okay, you're being kind with saying that. They were god-awful in both of these games. Uh, I, I guess the, we're not there. But has Chris, are they tuning Chris Mack out at this point? Is he not able to motivate them? And how concerned for their resume here that, that uh, over the course of the next two or three weeks, they could be looking at more losses and a slide? I wouldn't be too concerned about them tuning out Chris Mack just because, you know, it's a, it's a long season. We're kind of in the dog days here in mid-February. You know, if they, they play North Carolina over the weekend, then they have three very tricky games. They have a Florida State-Virginia Tech-Virginia stretch to close the season. If they start sliding there against better teams, they're going to potentially be in real trouble. But that's not something I'm really too worried about just because of the we're kind of at the point of the season where everybody's ready to kind of get things over with. So motivation isn't really too much of an issue. Understood on that front. Again, uh, Chris does this day in and day out, bloggingthebracket.com, uh, looking over the seedings uh, and, and how things are going to work out. I know you're very interested in later in this week, again, depending on when they're hearing us, uh, Thursday will be large in the Pac-12. So too will Saturday. But Thursday in particular with some of these Pac-12 games that are coming. I know you want to get into that a little bit, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a whole bunch of games because that are they're of interest because for starters we'll have two games involving two of the last four teams in my field on Tuesday in the nine o'clock window on Thursday night, nine Eastern, six Pacific. Oregon goes to Arizona State, which that's gonna be a very tricky game for the Ducks who are right now tied with Colorado atop the Pac twelve. Um, Arizona State, you know, a very good team at home and that's you know, it's potentially a season making road trip for Oregon because they gotta play Arizona on Saturday and, and really that you know, two squads there that really have the potential to be a top four seed once everything is said and done on Selection Sunday. Oregon State plays Arizona and Tucson at the at eight Eastern, five Pacific. Mm-hmm. Oregon State having lost last week um, to Colorado, that really kind of hurts them a little bit in terms of their positioning. But you know, they can kind of get back on track if they can somehow win in Tucson. And then USC Colorado, that second ESPN window game, ESPN at, at nine Eastern, six Pacific. USC also very much in that last four in group um, could really use a, a really big road win against Colorado, who's again fighting with Oregon, fighting with Arizona for really to be that top ranked Pac-12 team in the bracket um, and, and get probably a number four seed on Selection Sunday. Well, again, a lot of this is jumbled, and in the Pac-12, you never know because what Colorado w- was went on what a twenty to nothing run against Oregon. And still didn't yeah. win, and still didn't win the game. Uh, so no. we, we've seen craziness uh, out of this conference over and over again. Uh, right, right now, how many Pac-12 teams subject to change? We understand we always qualified. How many Pac-12 teams do you have right now in the bloggingthebracket.com bracket? Just five: Oregon, Colorado, Arizona, pretty safely in. USC and Arizona State, right near the cut line, and Stanford fell out. So you don't have Stanford there uh, yeah. at all. At the moment, and it is interesting with all the all the attention, uh, all the all the television coverage, etc. The best teams in the West, as you alluded to, and we keep talking about on college basketball coast to coast, are San Diego State and Gonzaga that don't even play in this conference. So, no. uh, and that you know it just says something for 
uh, hey, win your games, do your job uh, in your conference, and uh, and, and you're gonna get, you know you're gonna find your way to the top because there's certainly not anybody from the Pac-12 that's gonna emerge as a three seed, much less a two seed, but very likely Gonzaga and San Diego State are gonna both be one seeds maybe when this is all said and done. Yeah, and only one of those could be based out of Los Angeles for the second weekend, so. Somebody's going to have to travel. Somebody's going to potentially have to play a, a quality team like a Duke or a Maryland <laughs> yep. in a hostile environment in New York. Yeah, how about that uh, as part of your reward? All right, he's been bracing for this. He's been briefed. He's ready. Let's do it. Who's in, in. or out, out for the big dance in March? Oh, we had so much fun the last time playing in or out with some of these teams. Chris has been dying to do this. This is what the man does at bloggingthebracket.com. All right, so Chris Daubertine, I want to ask you about the defending national champion Virginia Cavaliers. It has been ugly at times. It's been ugly a lot for them trying to score. But they keep winning games. They keep pulling things out. Uh, Virginia, right now, defending national champs, somewhere hovering around 55 or so in the net, in or out? Virginia is the very lowest-ranked net team in my projected field right now, and they're not even in that Dayton's first fourth group. They're a little bit above it. They're an 11th seed. They would be able to go right into the first round. They play Ohio State, in fact, in, in the first round. Um, you know, beating Florida State at home was a gigantic boost for them a couple weeks ago. They have a nice neutral court win over Arizona State. Granted, they didn't break 50 points in the game, but, you know, that gives them a little bit of an edge coming here, you know, into bubble talk. Um, they're 4-4 four and four on the road. Compared to some of the other teams that are on the bubble, that's a pretty decent road record. Um, they only have one really bad loss at Boston College way back in January. They probably need to get another couple decent wins in an ACC play to really be sure of it. Um, you know, they still got Louisville and Duke coming in to John Paul Jones arena coming up starting over the next couple of weeks. So they still have a shot to get a couple more really good quality wins on their profile that might need to get both of them. But I, I think for right now, they're in pretty decent shape. All right. Let's talk about Cincinnati Bearcats in the American conference. No, I don't want to talk about them coming from behind to beat my Memphis Tigers in the home win last Thursday. Uh, they survived that one in overtime. They survived at East Carolina in overtime to win. Some quality wins over Houston, well, a win at Wichita State. Uh, Chris, do you have Cincinnati in or out as we talk now? I have Cincinnati in, but there's a little caveat in that they're in as the automatic bid for the for the American right now because they have a head-to-head win over Houston. Um, they still have a little bit to do because their profile has three really bad losses, losing to Colgate in farcical circumstances back in December. Um, they lost to Bowling Green in the Paradise Jam in November, yep. and of course, you know they lost to Tulane early in the American season, so they kind of have to make up for that. They're back up. Their net's at 51. They're kind of getting back in position. But they're really going to have to take care of business in their last few games in in conference play. Um, They still have to go to Houston. They still got Wichita State coming in on Sunday. Um, Those are really two massive games. They probably need to win both of those to really get themselves on on more sure footing in terms of their – they're at large status. All right. So already he's an enemy in the uh, in the Queen City of Cincinnati right now. He does not have you definitely in at the moment. 
uh, but Cincinnati has done some damage uh, and has done well. All right, one more. Georgetown Hoyas, a very good Big East right now. You, has Georgetown done enough, Chris? Are they in? Georgetown is really one of those teams that has really just a great example of how quickly things can change this season, both in terms of on-court performance. You know, they go and they beat Butler on the road without two of their best players. That's very impressive. And then they've also gotten a little bit of a boost from the fact that SMU and Oklahoma State have gotten better, have gotten higher up in the net. So those two road wins count as quad one wins. So their net's at 46, their quad one's at 5-9. You know, they're five and nine there. And, and at this point, I have them relatively safely in as a 10 seed. And that was considering the point that a week ago, they were the ninth, or on Friday, they were the ninth team out. That's how quickly things can change between your own on court results and national results. How quickly, you know, those two factors can really shape the picture um, when the margins are so thin between, say, seed line number 10 and what's going to end up being probably the three seeds in the NIT. Well, it's a good point that you make that sometimes it's not just what you did. Did others fall apart around you over the course of a week or two to help you stand out more? And and look, Patrick Ewing's team goes to Butler and gets uh, an enormous win. Uh, and now we'll have a couple of more opportunities like that playing at Marquette at the end of this month, also playing at Creighton, also playing Villanova at home. That that's not going to hurt if you can get one or more of those. I'm saying this, not Chris. Probably Georgetown in, uh, with how strong the Big East has been. We got to roll in a moment. Tell the audience more about bloggingthebracket.com. What you do, promote away, Chris. Well, we have a TV preview most nights. Fridays usually a little bit quiet. We don't really have anything then. But most nights, Saturday, Sunday, to get you prepared for which games are going to be really the most important from a bracketology perspective, who's be able to pick up quad one wins. Um, a new bubble feature coming up on Friday. Latest, you know, who's in, who's out, who's locked up bids, who hasn't locked up bids. Um, fresh bracket projection next Tuesday. I'm on Twitter at Chris Daubertine and when I'm watching, I'm tweeting and talking about who's <laughs> in, who's out, who's helping themselves, who's hurting themselves, and all that. And just remember, he does hate your team if they're not in. He it just does. Just a blanket stay. I'm just putting that out there. D-O-B-B-E-R-T-E-A-N. Chris Daubertine. Follow him on Twitter, bloggingthebracket.com. I always love the interaction here as things get crazier and crazier. Chris, I look forward to talking with you more and more as we build towards March. Thank you, sir. Thank you, TJ. Mark Wise coming up straight ahead. And a reminder here on College Basketball Coast to Coast, we're brought to you by Play Pick 6, the mobile app game that is free where you can predict any six games in college basketball, but even crossover sports outside of college basketball and mix and match with the NBA or the NHL right now. And baseball will be starting up soon enough to spring training uh, and then the baseball regular season. But again, Play Pick 6 is the mobile app. Go to the Google Play Store. Go to the Apple Store. Download the app. It'll take less than three minutes to sign up and be ready to pick games. It's absolutely free to sign up, absolutely free to play. You get any six right in one day. You get a great sports restaurant-themed gift card from our friends at Play Pick 6. So again, uh, you can pick exclusively in college basketball. Pick a pick a week night and go at it with six teams, and as long as all six come in, you're victorious. But hey, if you want to mix and match with the NBA, which I know they're coming off the All Star break right now, but when those games resume, the NHL 
crossover sports. A lot of these prediction apps don't let you pick multiple sports on your prediction contest. This one is free. Play Pick 6, and you can crossover sports from college hoops to the NBA and uh, to the NHL for right now at this part of the year. And a reminder again, if you're on a college basketball Saturday where there's 50, 60, uh, or more games that are going on of relevance in, in conferences all across the land, if you lose out, you pick your six games and one of your teams uh, loses out, you can go back in and reload as long as there are games still remaining and you can put six picks up on the board. Again, for college, NBA, NHL, college exclusively, whatever you want to do, it's Play Pick 6. Go to playpick6.com. You'll read more about the rules, the sign-up, etc. But again, download the app as well. Play Pick 6, Google Play Store, Apple Store, download away. And show what you know. It's absolutely free to play. Get out of the armchair. Make those predictions. Got a great sports restaurant theme gift card awaiting. All you have to do is play Pick 6. He is a traveling man once again on uh, on assignment for a bunch of SEC basketball, uh, especially down the stretch run of the season, including midweek where he has South Carolina and Mississippi State. And then he will hang with Mississippi State as they try to make a, a a late season run here, a push to get into the NCAA tournament, working their game on the weekend with Texas A and M. Uh, we are back with Mark Wise uh, here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Always love talking with you, Coach. But especially when we start getting to this time of the year, the games gain much more importance. Are you ready for another week, young man? I, I'm ready, TJ, but at this time of the year, um, I have friends who will call me and they'll say, where are you? And I have to go, uh, <laughs> let me think. And, and even better, where are you tomorrow? And where are you Thursday? <laughs> and where are you Saturday? And where are you next week becomes challenging. Uh, I, I love that about this. So uh, as I made mention, you've got an interesting one coming Wednesday. Let's go right into the preview mode. Uh, for this with Mississippi State and South Carolina, really for both teams uh, in a matchup that is coming on Wednesday night uh, of significance here uh, for NCAA tournament uh, situation, even for conference tournament positioning as well. This one very interesting in Starkville that you're headed to to do on the SEC Network Wednesday. Yeah, it's an interesting game because um, Mississippi State is squarely on the bubble. South Carolina is headed in that direction direction when we talk about the ups and downs of the basketball season south carolina is one of the teams that comes to mind because they had a couple of uh, quizzical losses in the non-conference kind of established um, warts on their resume early and they've had to dig themselves out of the resume hole and they have actually done that having won eight of their last ten remember that they started league play zero and two it's a, certainly a big week for them, and it starts uh, on Wednesday night against Mississippi State. These are two teams that are a little bit different than the norm, and I say that because neither one really relies on a three-point presence. Uh, they're marvelous at getting uh, two-point shots. They're marvelous at getting to the free-throw line, and anytime you have a game that includes Mississippi State, I think you have to talk about Reggie Perry. Um, just a, a mismatch problem with his size, his length, his strengths, um, 13 double-doubles on the year. So he'll be a handful. But South Carolina has been a totally different team since Frank Martin handed the keys to the bus over to uh, Jermaine Kuznard, who's just been marvelous, kind of a strong man's point guard, if you will, 
Kuznar has made everybody better on this South Carolina team. Yeah, and you look at their resume. You talked about this with us uh, either not last week, but maybe the week before. There's a lot of strange here. There's there's a loss uh, <laughs> on a neutral floor to Boston University. Uh, right. There's a, there's a couple of other losses where you scratch your head. A loss at home to Stetson, and then oh by the way, go ahead and beat Kentucky at home. Go win a big game at Arkansas as they did. Uh, so there there are some quality wins as well. Uh, so it's strange on the on the South Carolina resume late in the year. Yeah, no question about it. They're going to be one of those teams that's going to give the selection committee a lot of headaches because they do have some. I think they have three quadrant one wins right now, but they've got those two quadrant four losses. So when you talk about South Carolina and their resume, it is a mixed bag for sure. Well, and the one thing that we say year after year after year, win your games. They're looking at this game on Wednesday night. That's your point, Mark. And if South Carolina wins at Mississippi State and then they get LSU at home on Saturday, if you win both of these games this week, they're in great shape. That's not saying they're in. They're in great shape at that point. Now we've got a totally different uh, or a much more enhanced outlook right after Saturday if you get two wins if you're the Gamecocks. No question about it. And as a matter of fact, TJ, when you talk about the SEC this year, uh, there are going to be several teams on the bubble, whether you're talking about Mississippi State, South Carolina, Arkansas, or Alabama. So how are these teams going to differentiate themselves? And I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, that maybe this year, more than some previous seasons, the committee is going to have to take added weight, I think, on conference tournaments. And so that could be the separator. If you're on the bubble and you can win a couple of games in your um, conference tournament, then that might be the difference of getting in or not getting in. Very true. And especially if it is a like team that you are playing, let's say, you know, an Alabama playing a South Carolina or a Mississippi State playing an Arkansas, which is right now 48 um, in the net and you're playing them on a neutral floor, which is worth more than playing them at home, obviously, Uh, you could help yourself greatly in 36, 48 hours with a couple of wins, but that's a discussion for the first weekend uh, in March that is upcoming. Again, uh, Mark has got great insight here. Uh, uh, Interesting right now, we we all believe Kentucky, Auburn, LSU are absolutely in, although LSU took another loss uh, at Alabama the other night, they're two and five against Quadrant One teams. I be- I believe they're twenty nine in the right. net. They're in, they're in. But no, they're in. But no they're, question. Their standing could. In. Okay, no I was going to say their standing could get hurt a little bit. You've got Florida in, so that's four. Do you have a fifth or sixth team in the SEC in right now? How many do you think the SEC is going to ultimately get? By the way. <laughs> You're asking me about Chapter Twenty <laughs> when we're on Chapter Seventeen. We've still got some plot twists to go. We've still got some character development to go. So uh, a lot at stake in this conference, not only the last couple of weeks in the regular season, but in that conference tournament in Nashville as well. All right, so I'm like a lawyer. I'll rephrase my question. They're definitely getting five, <laughs> right? They're definitely getting a yes. fifth team. Yes. And so is yes. that, as and this is what we're saying, is that fifth team South Carolina? Is that fifth team Mississippi State? Let's talk Alabama for a second. You've talked about them some. Right. They got the huge win over LSU. They got Herbert Jones back. Everybody, I think, that's a college how hoop about fan. Him making, yes. How about him making the left? You, you know, Mar- Mar- much like Mark Wise, just step up there and shoot the <laughs> ball with one hand only and, and make the foul shots. But Alabama, very impressive 
uh, in that instance with the win. And so you look at their resume, 36 in the RPI, only two Quadrant 1 wins. But on Wednesday right. night, just before you do South Carolina and Mississippi State, Alabama hosting Texas A&M, that goes in your resume, what, protector category? Protector. protector? That's a resume protector. That's absolutely correct. All right, so watch for the uh, watch for the Tide, and the Tide also on the weekend um, will play at Ole Miss. So again, that's another resume protector. Although Ole Miss is better, that one is a is a road game. And and back to South Carolina again here. Uh, they will host LSU on Saturday. Uh, Frank Martin, you've been around him some. You're about to be around him again. Just enlighten the fans here. He's a very animated guy. I think at times, to me, just watching from a distance, it's a little too much. But again, you're closer to it. You cover him more with the antics, with the screaming, that kind of stuff at times. What about Frank Martin? TJ, I got to tell you, if you lined up everybody in the in the SEC in terms of the head coaches or even the assistant coaches, and you said, who do you just want to go have a drink with? Who do you want to just go hang out with? Frank Martin's at the head of the list. I mean, this guy has got a different perspective on coaching because you have to remember at one point in time he coached, not only did he coach high school in the Miami area, but he was a bouncer in a bar. <laughs> I mean, he's got some life experiences that most coaches don't have, and I think because of that it gives him a different perspective. Does he have a certain way? that he wants his teams to play, and do they, does he want them to be physical and tough? Absolutely. And one of the problems and one of the concerns I have for South Carolina is that they foul too much. They put the opponents in league play to the free throw line 27 times a game, and when you do that, you are asking for trouble. But give me a coach I want to hang out with for the day. Yeah, Frank Martin's at the head of the list. All right, so uh, interesting, and Mark, again, in this world, and the SEC now with Kentucky at LSU at the time that we're taping Tuesday night uh, at Baton Rouge. Again, you may already know that result later in the week. Mark and I don't know that result in the preview mode on college basketball coast-to-coast here. That one a fascinating one. Uh, Florida and Kentucky playing on the weekend. Wednesday night, uh, again, uh, Auburn at Georgia. Auburn still trying to protect their resume uh, as well. And then on Saturday, a couple of other significant games. Tennessee at Auburn. Uh, and also, uh, as we mentioned, LSU and, and South Carolina. So a lot will shake out still in the SEC. Anything off the off the buffet there? I, I know big week for uh, for the Gators uh, to be looking at Kentucky at Kentucky on the uh, on the weekend, try to solidify themselves as well, but Kentucky's got to play LSU first. Yeah, again, this is a, a, a resume protector uh, against Arkansas on Tuesday. I think it's a quad two game for Florida, but certainly a building opportunity on the weekend. <laughs> and going back to the question you, you asked me, here's what I'm going to answer what team do I think can make the NCAA tournament from all those on the bubble? I think Mississippi State is probably best equipped. But if you're asking me what team can win two or three, four days, games in four days in a conference tournament, I think South Carolina is best equipped to do that because they're the deepest team of any of these teams. Does Ar- There's a couple of question marks. Does Arkansas get Isaiah Joe back? Uh, Alabama has gotten Herbert Jones back, but he's playing one-handed. My goodness, he had 17 rebounds the other day with the yep. with the whatever that traction is on his on his um, uh, hand. So uh, certainly, you want to be healthy at this time of the year, and those are two question marks for those two teams. 
Yep, I loved uh, the analogy. You and I are old school, and Andy Kennedy, the former Ole Miss coach, was on the call of that uh, Alabama LSU game, and he he said about Herbert Jones's pad on that left hand, it's shades of Conrad Dobler, the old St. Louis <laughs> Cardinal football player that would club people with that cast as a dirty player back in the NFL. I love Andy Kennedy with the 1970s and 80s NFL yeah, reference. Way to Con- go, yeah. Conrad Dobler on that one. All right, couple more moments with Mark Wise here. Uh, again, working uh, Mississippi uh, State, South Carolina Midweek SEC Network, also working uh, Mississippi State, Texas A&M on the weekend. Two SEC games for him uh, for this week. We come off a Monday night, where, and you know where I'm headed, where Notre Dame hits a last-second three to beat uh, right. North Carolina. They have been beaten so many ways in heartbreaking fashion recently. You've lost track. Uh, losing the other night to Virginia on a last-second three. The crazy finish with Duke back 10 days ago. I want to focus more after the game. I mean, the Heels have obviously had an awful season by their standards, now 3-12 and in the ACC. I look at Roy Williams, and I've asked you this before when we've had our coverage March after March after March. How many more years is Roy going to hang in there? He looks beat down. He looked beat down in South Bend Monday night uh, after this. Am I making too much out of it? Or, I mean, I look at that and say, how many does maybe Roy Williams want to hang it up here? Because uh, you watch those postgame comments and he doesn't sound like a guy that has a whole lot left. I'm just putting that out there. I would be shocked if he goes out with this particular season. Now, you got to remember, anytime your team becomes damaged goods in terms of injuries, then certainly the injury to Cole Anthony did not help Carolina in any way. But what usually has happened in the past is that Carolina has had a wealth of talent, a plethora of talent to fall back on if they happen to lose a player. That has not been the case this year. They've really struggled scoring, which is so unusual for Carolina. But i got to tell you, TJ, I'd be shocked if this is the end for Roy Williams. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, uh, you know, he, at the at the moment here, uh, he's he's a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt, uh, no about doubt. That. It, it, but at the at the moment, you just wonder here at 70 years of age, he will be he will be 70 uh, later this year. He uh, he looks beaten down, and and we saw this a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament, uh, where where he looked beat down, and he sounded almost uh, as if he was. Uh, in his final uh, in his final season or something like that, and sometimes these guys come to the realization: I don't want to do the grind anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to put forth all the right. effort to recruit and all of those things. Uh, I want to go and grow, enjoy my grandkids, et cetera, et cetera. The golf course, whatever it is. I don't know. I, I just saw that but, Monday night. Yeah, go ahead. But but let me say this: What's Carolina's record? Uh, they're now what ten and thirteen, I think. Okay, you go around the country. And you pick out all the 10 and 13 teams, and every coach is beat down right now. <laughs> and, I, and I sold them short. They're 10 and 16, actually. 10 and 16, <laughs> but you're right. This time of year can wear on you. We just wonder about him. All right, one more fun one before you have to get along. It has nothing to do with the SEC, but this is why we're college basketball coast-to-coast. Keep mentioning these teams that are in the net top five or six uh, that are obviously, as it stands right now, going to be – uh, two seeds at least, three seeds probably at the worst in the NCAA tournament. We're talking about Gonzaga, San Diego State, and Dayton. If I put you on the spot midweek here and said out of those three programs, you can have one of them. Maybe you're going to cop out and give me two, but give me one of them that can win 
uh, four games and be in Atlanta at the Final Four. Out of the Zags, out of the Aztecs, out of the Dayton Flyers, which one do you believe can win and emerge out of both weekends, win four games in the NCAA tournament and be still standing in Atlanta? Do you have one right now, Mark Wise? Well, all things being equal, I would say it would be Gonzaga. However, I'm going to put a caveat on it. If Killian Tilly is not able to go, that changes the dynamics. Can Gonzaga get to a Final Four without Tilly? Maybe. But it, it goes against uh, uh, everything that I believe in in terms of making a run in the NCAA tournament where you better be healthy. So that brings me to the other two. I think it's so close, but when in doubt, go with the better player. And right now, for my money, Obi has to be in the conversation for National Player of the Year. Anthony Grant probably in the conversation for National Coach of the Year. I think that's going to go to Brian Dutcher, though, from San Diego State. Um, so if you're asking me to pick one right now, I'm going to go with Dayton. They've got great guard play. They, they're quick. They're offensively minded. They're tough to guard. Now, they haven't been there, and that's a concern. San Diego State hasn't been there. That's a concern. Mark Few, has he been there? Oh, yeah, multiple times. Has he been successful? Oh, yeah, multiple times. So my first thought would be Gonzaga, but I want to know about the health of Tilly and Tilly. Good point on that. And, again, you mentioned Dutcher. He's done such a great job, and you love Malachi Flynn, the point guard. You've been talking about him earlier on college basketball coast-to-coast. I saw some of them against Boise State. Solid competition on the road. They dismantled them, Coach, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, they're legit. I, I don't. I, what kind of draw do they get? Who's their Who's their Sweet Sixteen? Who's their Elite Eight? If they get there to the second weekend, I'd want to see that. But I say, watch out for the Aztecs. We talk so much about teams. Well, here's yeah. Here's one thing to keep in mind: Gonzaga and San Diego State. If they both run the table, the rest of the regular right. season and their conference tournament, they both cannot be the number one seed in the West. That's one right. One of them's going to get shipped out. Right, And that could be a problem as well. And more than likely, Gonzaga is going to get the nod because they've got a couple of better wins, if that is the case, uh, in the metrics, in which case San Diego State might become a two-seed in the East, uh, something like that, or in the South. We'll see. We'll see what they they like to do. You you could be a one-seed in the East and Duke be a (laughs) two-seed. So that that's how that could work good luck good luck if that is the case too but it's all part of the tournament and that's the reason why we preface this by let's see the draw when it comes out and then that has a lot to do with it uh on that front but yeah i'm, I'm fascinated and i agree with you sometimes you got to go with the with the best player carrying a team and maybe that's dayton and Toppin, uh depending on what their draw would be too always fun discussing all of this we'll be watching on the sec network south carolina and mississippi state midweek and then again mississippi state and texas a&m he's best buds with ben howland all week he is mark wise uh, on college basketball coast to coast thank you coach thanks tj there he goes love the insight of mark wise thanks also to chris dobertine uh, for being with me from bloggingthebracket.com again get ready for the tuesday night games depending on when you're hearing us that kentucky lsu game large in baton rouge tuesday night big east we didn't talk a lot about creighton and marquette But both of those teams right now battling kind of uh, right around the 3, 4, 5 spot in the Big East. Conference tournament seating both right now comfortably in for the NCAA tournament. The game in Milwaukee. We'll see what happens with that one on Tuesday night. You may already know that result uh, if you're hearing us here. Uh, We move on to Wednesday evening's games. Uh, Seton Hall hosting Butler. Seton Hall now has taken some losses uh, in the Big East. 
giving hope still to Villanova to maybe catch them before this is all said and done uh, in the Big East regular season race. Chris team was mentioning Louisville and Syracuse. Can Louisville get back on track? Uh, we'll see. Duke at NC State on Wednesday night. Uh, also, uh, Villanova at DePaul with Villanova now a game behind uh, the Seton Hall Pirates. Don't want to slip up and lose that game against DePaul. And then uh, Chris did a great job of running down the pack. 12 games that are going on on Thursday night. Big 10 Thursday night has Ohio State at Iowa with Ohio State suddenly surging. They put a couple of three wins together. Uh, That's in addition to all those Pac-12 games that are going to be going on uh, as well. Gonzaga back in action hosting San Francisco. USF in the West Coast. San Francisco, the Dons, gave Gonzaga problems in San Francisco. Probably won't be that big of a deal here in the rematch. Uh, in Spokane, Washington, we'll see as Gonzaga tries to secure a number one seed upcoming in the NCAA tournament. So there you go. That kind of sets the table midweek. Again, we appreciate you being with us here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Friendly reminder, subscribe to the podcast. It'll come automatically to you. Find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Subscribe away here to College Basketball Coast to Coast. And uh, the show will come automatically to you, usually on Tuesdays. We've got a midweek preview out. We're going to start having shows out on Thursdays, Fridays, and even the weekend when there's new podcast all the way through the NCAA tournament and the Final Four. You want to subscribe because it'll come right to your phone, right to your iPad, et cetera, et cetera. So subscribe wherever you find podcasts to College Basketball Coast to Coast. Follow us socially at CBB Coast to Coast with the number two at CBB for college basketball coast, the number two coast at CBB Coast to Coast to follow us there. My thanks also to Chris Daubertine from bloggingthebracket.com. Read him up there. The bracket is constantly tra- changing, updating. He's got the schedules, the important games to watch from the SB Nation family of websites. It's bloggingthebracket.com. Follow him at Chris Daubertine, D O B B E R T E A N. And follow my man, Mark. Mark Wise at MW Hoops on the road. He's a great follow for all things, not just SEC, but all things college hoops at MW Hoops. He's again working Mississippi State, South Carolina. Who wants it more? Out of that game in Stark Vegas midweek, you may already know that result. And then South Carolina LSU on the weekend while Mississippi State plays Texas A&M. Who's going to get one of those slots between Alabama, Arkansas, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Uh, Who else is going to work their way into that conversation there? And the SEC tournament may sort a lot of it out, too, in Nashville, where teams can rack up a win or two on a neutral floor, which helps ice them a a spot. So, again, Mark is working uh, SEC games both Wednesday and Saturday involving Mississippi State. So there we go. We are ready. The table is set. We thank you for being with us. Enjoy all the college hoops as it all unfolds from the Big East to the Big West, from the SEC to the Mountain West, the Big Ten, the Big 12. I'm going to leave somebody out. The ACC, the the American Conference, the A-10, and much more. It is college basketball coast to coast. I'm T.J. Reeves. Enjoy the games. Bye.